I'm excited as hell to be a Dallas Cowboy. Who was the toughest guy to tackle? Ezekiel Elliott. Feed Elliott. What's up, Cowboy Nation? Let's get it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Back Row Cowboy Show, a proud part of the Back Row Sports Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Back Row Cowboy Show. It's your host, Adam, and across from me, as always, my co-host, Seth. Cowboy Nation, what's up? And on today's episode, we'll be previewing week one, and we'll talk a little bit about training camp and what we've seen on hard knocks and and just kind of a wrap of training camp as we are kicking off NFL football tomorrow night at 8:20 p.m. our Dallas Cowboys versus the defending Super Bowl champs the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, you couldn't ask for a, I don't know if we're supposed to be scared of this game because like it's a, I mean, not only a game on the road but it's against the Super Bowl champs who lost nobody off that starting lineup. Period. They say you've got to go through everyone. You you've got to you've got to beat yeah, everyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna tell you what, I, we jumped right into the fryer. I mean, I'm excited for sure. Uh I think a better measure of this game would be like three or four weeks from now. Yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately the defense is still young and, and we're still implementing things and like you said you hope that our defense grows you know week to week and and quarter by quarter you've got to be worried about the defense just in this game you know everyone talks about Dallas potentially having the best receiving core in the NFL CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup we're facing off against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown and then their tight end situation, you got O.J. Howard and, um, and Gronk. Gronk. I mean, I think we match up well with them on offense. I don't think our offensive line is is as good as theirs, at least for this game. And we'll get into that shortly. But I think offensively, we match up with them really well. I think their defense is just – they're on a different level than where we're at right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I think uh, – yeah, like I said, you know, three or four weeks now – We'll know what we got, I think. Uh, but to to go into all that firepower right off the jump street, I'm not saying we can't do it. I think I think we can win the game. But I think our biggest key to winning the game is the defensive line. If they put pressure on Brady. That's the only way we win. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, and I mean that that's why we're here today. We're here to talk week one, and before that, Seth, you know, there's there's no there's not much injury news, but why don't you go over kind of the the last injury report from the last practice today, and talk about Zach Martin. You know, that that's we were talking about our offensive line and not quite being up to par for tomorrow's game. I mean, Zach Wilson is is not going to be there. Zach and that's, Martin. You're right. I'm sorry. Zach Martin is not going to be there tomorrow night, and that's massive. I mean, it's one of the best two or three guards in the game. You know, I don't like the fact that he's not going to be playing. I mean, you lose your all-pro right guard, and a lot of people would tend to uh, freak out about that. I'm not as upset about it now that I know Collins is playing. I was more worried when Collins was still, you know, dealing with the stinger. And then you heard the news of Zach Martin being out, which meant the whole right side of the line was going to be out. And then all of a sudden you're looking at last year all over again. So, 
I'm not as upset with Collins playing. Uh, it is a big loss for sure. Uh, I guess uh, everybody was hoping that he was going to have, I think, what, you got to have two negative tests or whatever within 24 hours of the game before you can play or something like that. And it doesn't look like he's done that. So I haven't seen anything on that. As far as I know, he's out officially. Um, but other injury news, uh, Noah Brown, he is on the COVID list as well. So he will not be active week one. Uh, Terrell Basham, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. He has been a full participant all week. Uh, Lil Collins, he's been a full participant all week. He was dealing with the stinger, the next stinger. And then um, – Chauncey Golston, we hadn't heard nothing from him all training camp. He was hurt all training camp uh, with a hamstring injury, and he is a full go, and he's been a full go all week long. Uh, C.J. Goodwin, or Godwin, Goodwin, sorry, he's been a full go the whole time. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury as well. Demarcus Lawrence was the back injury. You know, that kept him out the first couple weeks of training camp. Uh, he didn't really play much at – he didn't play at all in preseason. So, uh, it's good to see that he's a full go uh, throughout the whole week as well. Uh, our long snapper, Jake McQuaid. Am I saying that right? Sounds yeah. right. Um, had a foot injury, and he's been a full participant all week long as well. Uh, Ty Niski, who is going to be our swing tackle this year, uh, has been dealing with a foot injury and was limited the first two days, but he was a full participant today, so that's good. And Dak Prescott, no limitations whatsoever. He is a full go and ready to go week one. And uh, Donovan Wilson, uh, dealing with a growing injury, and he's been full go all week as well. So not much to talk about injury-wise, but Zach Martin is a huge loss, and it's a shame that you lose – um, the all-pro right guard, not to injury. So that kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Well, the problem with this is you, you're we're, we're the underdog in this matchup. Oh, without, without a doubt. When you go into a game like this against the defending Super Bowl champs, against a team that's uh, led by Tom Brady, against a team that's coached by Bruce Arians, and you know it's going to be a well-coached team. On the road as well. You're going to need all hands on deck. It's it's too hard a matchup for us to win with everyone there. So you lose Zach Martin, that, that makes things just a little bit harder. And even more so, Connor McGovern, most of his snaps have been at left guard. Because he has, there's been no real plan to replace Zach Martin. Because he's been so durable in the early part of his career that you've never had to worry about well, what happens if he goes down or what happens if he's not going to be there. Because barring what happened last year, he's always been there. Yeah. I, I mean, the good thing about it is, you know, we found out on Monday instead of finding out on Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday. Yeah, so there, there was time so, to put a contingency plan in place. But they're also getting back an Indomitian Sioux. So while we're losing one of our best – probably our best interior player for sure – they're gaining back their best interior player, or or maybe it's Vita Vey. I don't know. They're they're both extremely talented. They, their run defense is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be hard enough to open up lanes for Zeke anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at their front seven, how good they are. And their secondary is is no slouch either. So I mean, it's it, it's going to play some. It's going to definitely be some mistake-free yeah. ball for things that go it, our it's way. It's just a tough matchup, and it's just it's a it's a tough one to go into short stacked or, or short handed. Yeah. Um, Seth, do you have anything to talk about? Kind of wrapping up training camp. I know you posted all the roster cuts, all the roster moves. I know one of the big ones we talked about was backup quarterback and and who was going to win the job. I, I thought that Garrett Gilbert was pretty much a, a shoe in for the job. There, I from, think from what I saw in preseason, when the pocket collapsed or when the pocket wasn't clean all the way around, it looked like he didn't really know what to do. There were times where they would collapse on the side and like a Brady or a Peyton Manning or someone that can't just take off and run. 
they'll they'll kind of shift their feet to the right or they'll kind of shift their feet up in the pocket and and, and regain that um, regain that room to to work. Well, my- Garrett Gilbert seemed like he didn't know what to do when the pocket started collapsing from the side or right in front of him. Well, my thing is this. I don't feel like Gilbert separated himself enough with his arm as far as throwing the ball from Cooper Rush. And I think at the end of the day, the tiebreaker was the fact that Cooper Rush was familiar with the offense, for one, but he has mobility. So in situations like that, you know, he goes straight to his legs where Gilbert could not do that. So that that's kind of how I feel it was kind of determined. The mobility was there. Well, and that's something that you talked about when we were talking about the backup quarterback. You know, you said don't write off Cooper Rush. You know, he knows the offense as good as anyone. And, man, I'll admit I was wrong on Ben DiNucci. I, 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 now, granted, he's still there. He's on the practice squad. We decided to keep him. And Garrett Gilbert uh, signed with another team. New England to be exact. But my Danucci just took a lot of unnecessary chances for me, and I th- I think he cost himself the job. We when we were talking, you know, you still saw something there. the The week after we last dropped a show, he went out and threw three picks, and even Mike McCarthy said last year we turned the ball over a lot and shot ourselves in the foot in quite a few games. And he says, I'm not going to allow that to happen this year. I'm not going to have it. And as soon as Ben threw those three picks, you, you could pretty much put a yeah, fork in him. It. You knew he wasn't going to make the final roster. Uh, yeah, I mean, after that last game, you knew for a fact that that was the last time you saw him play for a while. And, you know, so. So, I mean, I'll admit, I'll admit when I was wrong, I just yeah. – there was some athleticism. There was some swagger. There were some things that you really liked about him. But just the decision making with the ball, and 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 you you saw it last year. You know, you saw it in the Philadelphia game, multiple fumbles, uh, an interception, took a few sacks. Just well, I was hoping, I was hoping, you know, after that game, you know, they were completely decimated with the offensive line. They they threw them to the wolves. I mean, that's basically what happened last year, and I was hoping that the combination of the two was the reason why he played the way he did, but. It showed throughout the preseason. So yeah, I mean, he was going against third stringers. But last year, still turning the ball over multiple. Last times. year in the preseason, he played better. So that's why I was kind of like, you know, maybe they just threw him in too early, and then you know, too much, too much stuff going on. He's but, on the practice squad. He'll he'll still but, get, you know, he'll still be able to practice with the team, and yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, from the hard knocks episode last night, I don't know if you got to watch it or not, but they said that he. They they like a lot of things that he does. He just needs uh, he between bring, the ears. He, he, br- he brings a lot, man. He brings some athleticism. He brings a lot of swagger. He's got that gunslinger mentality that, like, he threw those picks. And you watched the episode on Hard Knocks. He he said, guys, we're still going to win this game. We're going to make one play at a time. And we're going to drive it down the field. And we're going to win the game. So he's got that mentality of we're never out the game as long as we're down one score and we have the ball. We're – we're fine. We're going to win the game. He doesn't let the play that happened before stick around in his head too long. But the problem is, it's just those mental errors, and 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 maybe it is a growth thing. I mean, I, I don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think either of you, either you or I, ever thought that he was starter material. No, you're just talking about developmental material. Yeah, I mean, we've struggled with the backup position. You know, we've brought in guys. You know, last year Andy Dalton was the guy we brought in. Um, and last year, truth be told, as bad as the team was, I mean, they, they they put up points towards the end of the year last year, but Andy Dalton was our best backup quarterback in forever. So, but, I mean, I guess it's not every chance, not all the time that you get a, a former starter for several years in the league to be a backup. So, I don't know. It, 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 he was one of those guys where I seen on tape that he was – I felt like he could be a good backup, but he'd never be a starter. So, What about your thoughts on Will Greer versus Cooper Rush? Because we – you know, Carolina waived Will Greer. There's a player 
that was drafted in the third round a couple years ago out of West Virginia. A lot of athleticism, has some arm talent. What's your thoughts on him versus Cooper Rush? I mean, granted, he's fresh. I mean, he's learning the playbook. I mean, yeah, you know, Will Greer, Will Greer is obviously a younger choice, and if I was going to go younger, then yeah. Um, I I've seen things that I like with Greer, and then I've seen a lot of things that I didn't. Uh, do I think he was a little overhyped coming out of college? I think he was personally, but uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I would like to obviously not see him play this year because that means if he's playing this year, that means that got hurt. So, uh, I don't know. I'm comfortable with Rush as our number two right now. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. That's about it. I mean, I, I, I think I'd be comfortable with Rush and – I've seen enough to with Greer that I don't know that he he might ha, he might be a little more mobile, but I don't think he would separate himself enough to make a difference. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I mean, you you never hope you're talking too much about the backup quarterback. We talked about it a lot last year. We talked uh, about it way too many weeks. And truth be told, that's the reason why we're talking about it now. Yeah, just because it it was such a big deal for us last year. Yeah, I agree. So, um. Any other cuts, moves made? You know, I'll, I'll admit I, I'm disappointed that Josh Ball's on IR. You know, that, that's a player that I watched film on. That was a player that was highly recruited coming out of college and went to Florida State. And even their offensive line, they took some – the news behind the Florida State offensive line when, like, Cam Akers was there, not being able to create holes, the news wasn't great. But then he went to a lower level of college and kind of reestablished himself and, and maybe just need to take that step back. And, and it he showed first-round traits. And, it, you know, he showed day one, early day two traits when he was in college. I mean, I was a player I was excited about. it. Once again, offensive line was decimated last year. We had to bring in a lot of reserves. We were playing night. We were playing steel. And, 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 like, Steele was a turnstile last year. I mean, it did, whoever he was going against was going to touch the quarterback multiple times a game. I was excited about a Josh Ball, but now to see him on IR, you know, he didn't do much of anything in the offseason. And now you talked about Ty Neske being our swing tackle. It didn't look good for him either. No, it doesn't. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, I would have liked to have seen because we really didn't get to see much of anything. So, uh, you know, that's another draft pick that we didn't really get to see at all. I mean, that's, and, a, that's a day three. That's I'm sorry. That's a third-round pick with Golson, and that was our first fourth-round pick with Josh Ball, I'm, I'm pretty I sure. So. I think so, yeah. So, I mean, it's – uh, it's unfortunate that we weren't able to see what he could do, but – I know there was one more guy that you wanted to talk about, but I'm going to you know, talk about my guys first. Uh, Fioco, who made the team, everybody knows how big of a fan I was of Fioco when we drafted him. And uh, I, I don't know how I feel about him being secure with his roster spot or not. You know, they have seven right now that they kept, but one of them's on the COVID list. So, to me, and that's, and that's Noah Brown. So my question is, is when Noah Brown comes back, it's either Malik Turner or Fioku. I don't think there's any way they keep seven on the roster all year. No, not definitely not with the four we have. So, I mean, if you're looking at preseason games, Malik Turner deserves the spot because I think he did more. If Fioku done great during practice – uh, maybe maybe that saves him. I don't know. Um, he didn't do a whole lot in in the games. I mean, he really didn't. Uh, the last game of the preseason, he, that was his chance to really shine. I think he played quite a bit of that game, and I think he only had like three for, three receptions for like twenty yards or something like that. Um, so yeah. I'm happy that he made it, but I I feel like it's tainted with 
Noah Brown being on COVID. So I don't know how secure, but I'm happy for him so far. So I and maybe another reason why they keep him is maybe they're afraid that he won't make it through waivers. So I don't know. We'll see. With that being said, I would like to lead into what I just said a minute ago that you were not happy with the result of one of your guys that you've been on for the last two years, really. So, go. Yeah, Rondo Carter got cut, and it was one that you we, – we knew most likely Colston was going to be kept because of Golston. Golston. Excuse me, Chauncey Golston. Golston. We knew he was going to make the roster. We, we said that draft capital was going to protect him. So you were looking at Bradley and I versus Rondell Carter. And I like both players a lot. In the Arizona game, Carter had the two offsides. He was called for two offsides. Granted, one of them wasn't his fault. It was actually Bohanna that was offsides. But he also got to the quarterback on two or three different occasions in that exact same game. So he showed you some pass rush ability. And he was a player that as soon as we cut – we went to him and said, hey, we'd love to have you on the practice squad. And I feel he may have made the right move by saying, no, I'm going to go to, like, he went. he's with the Arizona Cardinals right now. Yeah. I, with the Arizona Cardinals, you've got J.J. Watt. You've got Chandler Jones. But then again, there, there's not as many big names, and there's not as much draft capital infused in the position. We've taken so many defensive linemen over the last two or three years I think Carter got cut. I think draft capital just had something to do with it. He's just an undrafted guy. And the front office is always going to try to justify taking a Golston in the third round. They've got to justify that pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, Without question. Guys get fired if they miss on too many day one and day two picks. And I, I don't think, you know, when we first started talking about training camp, I don't think that we thought the level of competition was going to be that close. Because, you know, Armstrong, he did really well. Uh, Kamara, who we ended up keeping over Carter, he did really well. I'm rolling my eyes. I know. But, he, I mean, you can't. Rondell Carter, I still think, showed more upside than Kamara. Kamara well, does one thing really well. He can rush the pass. That's it. Okay. He's not big enough to hold. He weighs 235 here, pounds. Here, hold on. Here, here is what separated him. Kamara plays special teams. I'll agree with that. So I'll that, agree with that 100%. That's probably, if it was strictly playing on the line, Carter would have been I agree over with Kamara. That. So, but Kamara does punt coverage. Kamara does kickoff coverage. And I agree with that. You know, you got to have gunners on special teams. You got to have, you know, the guys running down to tackle the punt returner. And, and Kamara does that. And he excels at that because he's extremely athletic. So, and, I, for that, I agree that's what helped Kamara make the line. And then on top of that, Bradley and I did enough to keep the conversation close, and he is draft capital from last year. Correct, because he was taken so, fifth round, sixth yeah, round? Yeah, he was fifth round last year. Fifth round. So that alone m- might have done it. And, and, I, I, th- and I think I think Rondo Carter's mind and probably his, and his agent's mind was – we're always going to be caught up in this numbers game with Dallas because they've drafted so much. They've infused it, it, so much draft capital, and they've infused so much young talent on the defensive line. They're always going to try to justify those picks. And, yeah. and so I think I think that's one of the reasons why Carter left. And it just – man, he's a player I really – when since I've been doing the show, Seth, and, and I know you agree with me as well, you watch tape and you get enamored with these players, man, especially these guys that go fifth, sixth, seventh round. You know, Israel Mukwamu is another one that, that you and I really, really like. He made the team. Um, he's in the safety room, and we'll see where it goes from there. Obviously, they kept – I think they kept five safeties. I think they kept Curse. Uh, they kept Hooker. They kept Wilson. They kept uh, Mukwamu, and then they could uh, kept um, Kazee. Yep. So – we were projecting four. They kept five. I, I think Mukwamu really just needs to look and, and watch the the deep free safety because I, I think that's what he is. You know, I, I think he's he's got a chance to be 
a really rangy free safety. So watch Hooker, watch Kazee, and see the things they do. And hopefully your special teams play can keep you on the roster for this year because I really think he can grow and do more. Um, but, you know, you, you get invested in these players that you see as potential late-round steals and undrafted steals. And, and then, you know, you and I have probably pounded the table harder for day three guys than we have for day one and day two. Because the expectation is those day one and day two guys are going to be really good. If you're not hitting on those picks, your team has almost no chance to contend unless you're the Rams and you just trade them every year. It's the, the what separates is the is the teams that find the find the steals. You find those late round guys, they're what makes the difference. Or if if you sign that sleeper in free agency, like when we did with Robert Quinn and he just had a really, really strong season for us a couple years ago. That's what takes team to another level. So, you know, I was just really invested in Carter and I'm still gonna root for him. I, I thought that Man, he got be- he was better this year than he was last year. He showed a lot of um, pass rush presence. He sh- he looked like he had picked up some moves, you know, sitting behind Lawrence and, and watching him. And so it's just a player I-, I hope does well, even though he's no longer with the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, all these players that <clears throat> we end up cutting, you know, we always wish that they're going to be better you know, whoever they go to next or, you know, if, if they don't make it to another team and whatever that happens after the fact, we hope they're successful at what they do. Uh, but let's let's kind of – unless you have somebody else I've got, else I've got, I've got one more. Okay. And, and, yes, it's that time, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Reggie Robinson part of the show. We've got to talk about it. This is a player that we were worried about making the roster – and he obviously went on IR. That secures his spot. He'll have a chance to come back next year and fight for it. I'm honestly not happy he went on IR because now it's all he has tur- he turf toe yeah. is the reason he went on IR. Now you have to worry about rehabbing from that and recovering from that. You're missing even on practice squad. You get to practice with the team. You get to watch film with the team. You you get to do all these things, whereas now he's recovering from injury. Now he's got to go back through that whole process in, in 2022. He just can't get ahead of steam. Last year it was, we're going to change your position four times throughout the season. And finally this year it was, you're a corner, you're a corner, you're a corner. He got in, played some games. Sure, they, they got the touchdown on him. I've already explained in depth on why that wasn't his fault even though he gave up the touchdown. We, we talked about the good plays. We saw some of the promise from him. He was even playing special teams, and, and I thought that that was going to help push him over and help him make the roster. You saw the athleticism out of him, and then, boom, he gets pulled from the Cardinals game, the game after we last recorded, and he's got turf tonies out for the year. That hurts his prospects for the future because the team's not seeing what he can do week in, week out – in practice, even if he didn't dress for game day, you would get to see him go against C.D. Lamb in practice. You'd see him get to go against Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, and you could see that growth, and you could tell, man, you know, Reggie was better this week than he was the week before, and he was better last week than he was the week before that. And you could see the growth, and you could see him build on something. Next year, we're going to be looking at this all over again. It's okay, we've got Diggs, we've got Joseph, we've got Wright. Kennedy is going to be a free agent. Jordan Lewis, we can move on from him with minimal hit next year. And Brown, I believe, is on a one-year deal, so he's going to be a free agent next year. He's in his second year of his third year. Oh, so he says one more year left. Yeah. This was this was the out year. This would have been the year to get, you know. Well, get so ready. next year it'll be even easier. Usually, usually it gets progressively easier year in year out to get yeah. to to move on from players. So there's a chance we move on from him. Because he's, you know, because he's he's the elder statesman, so we could be looking to revamp the secondary and, and build around Wright Joseph Diggs next year, and then all of a sudden Reggie's on the bubble again, and so I'll admit that's probably the most frustrating. Obviously, you know, I'm not happy about not having Martin in Week One, but the single most frustrating roster move we've made all off season 
was legit putting Reggie Robinson on, on IR, and it's just because I'm a fan. I, I may be one of the few well, Cowboys left that's I'll, still in his corner, but I saw I, I saw growth this year from last year, and he looked more and more comfortable as he was just relearning and playing corner exclusively. To then see him go on IR, knowing he's missing all those practice reps, he's missing any kind of game day reps he may have get when he dressed out, I think the road just going to be harder for him next year because every year he doesn't play, it's easier to move on from him. Well, this is how I look at it. They made the, route, the move to put him on IR because, one, they was afraid that the injury would linger. Uh, and, obviously, you can't put him or keep holding up a spot for somebody that's going to – have an injury that's lingering throughout the year. Two, if you put him on a practice squad, which means you have to cut him to do that, who's to say he makes it through waivers? All right, if he makes it through waivers and you put him on the practice squad, he's not safe on the practice squad either. So maybe this was a player that they wanted to keep and wanted to see what his abilities were. In the off season. You're not going to get to see him throughout the year. You're not. But the other two cases, what I just mentioned, your roster is already uh, too tough to decide on as it is. And Wright, playing the way he's been playing in the preseason, might have caused this decision to happen, truth be told. Because – He's played well enough to where he could step in and not lose much with Reggie Robertson not available. My, that's just my thing. Like I, I think they was afraid maybe they would lose him off the practice squad or lose him in waivers, and they just wanted him to have another fair shot. So maybe that's why they done the move the way they done it. Maybe not. I don't know. We don't know that. Yeah, for sure. But, just, but those are reasons I could see why they might have done it the way they done it. I think it just sucks that he misses out on all those valuable practice training. You know, all the reps in, in during the week. You know, even if you use him as like a scout team corner, let's say you're going against a. I mean, it's it's tough to even say like like the the long athletic corners in the league, like a the Humphreys and the Jalen Rams, because we've already got a bunch of long athletic corners. Um, I, I don't know. I just I hate that he's on IR. Well, I really think Wright playing the way he plays in the preseason probably had something to do with it. Personally. Well, I also think him having turf toe had something to do with it. That, that's well, been, I mean, yeah. that, that's been a season-ending injury for for multiple yeah, players. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, it was an easier decision to make with Wright playing the way he was playing. Yeah, I mean, so. and, and like you said, I mean, the upside is he gets to come back next year. He gets to fight for a job. Dan Quinn loves him. We, we've I've seen multiple beat writers that said the front office and Dan Quinn love Reggie Robinson. So, you can't imagine Quinn's going after next year. So, he's going to have a year to come back and fight for the fight for the the position again, a spot on the roster with the coaching staff and a front office that has his support. So, I mean that that's the biggest thing that he has going for him in 2022 and you hope that maybe they move on from a Brown and we'll see about Kennedy. I'm I'm still excited about him. In the oh, slot, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, we'll just see. I, I don't think that he's ever going to be a number one corner for sure, but I thought he could be a really strong number two outside corner. Yeah. And and for that, doing having him out there allows us to move Diggs in a slot, allowed us to move right in a slot, allowed us to move Joseph in a slot, allows us to keep Kennedy as a big corner in the slot. So I mean, we'll just, yeah, you know, obviously we'll see. So th- those two roster moves, I didn't. Love and you know, obviously Reggie got hurt. I mean, that, that's injuries happen. It, it, it's it's always going to be something that happens in a, in a game that's as physical as football. So. Yeah. Well, but, let's 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 yeah move let's on. go let's go and move on to week one. Yeah, and, and let's let's talk about week one and um, 
you know, kind of the, the biggest reason why we're here. And Seth, I think, at least for me, week one, the only way we win, and I agree with you, you've got to pressure Brady. Brady's a quarterback that, that, you, that you've got to get some heat on early. And the reason he lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl was they had a lot of pressure on him. They were constantly hitting him. And I think that that's the only way we can stop him offensively. But I think for ourselves, we've got to watch the penalties on offense and we can't turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over against Tampa Bay, they are going to they, points are points yeah. are going to go on the board. They're not going to be walking away with no points on the board when you turn the ball over. And number two, if we get like a, a nice solid run on first down and it's second and five, or we gain five yards on first down, you can't immediately come back on second down and hold and then make it back to second and fifteen. We're going to have to win the down-and-distance battle against Tampa Bay, and that's tough enough to do anyway because you know Brady is very comfortable just moving the chains. He yep. can he can do the quick strike, and he's more than willing to drive 12, 13, 14 plays. So this is a game that we're going to have to win down-and-distance. We can't afford to be behind the chains in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is to win in the trenches. You know, the offensive line has to win their battles, and the defensive line has to win their battles. Um uh, I seen an interesting stat earlier, and what, and I was gonna bring that up when I was talking about pressure and Brady. Last year alone, Tom Brady threw for seventy four percent when not under pressure. Clean pocket. Clean pocket. It dropped down to forty eight when pressured. Yeah, because Brady so, Brady will throw it in the dirt quick. So that that is a big difference. That is a huge difference. That's why I think it's so important to get pressure on Brady. If we don't get pressure on Brady early, we're going to be done early. And, and that's one reason why they talked about Randy Gregory being like unblockable in practice, um, Demarcus Lawrence being back and, and hopefully being healthy, Bradley and I hopefully taking that next step. Uh, Armstrong looked really strong in, in the preseason. You know – those four are going to rotate in at the defensive end position. Like you said, they're going to have to win. I, I don't think – I think DeMarcus Lawrence, with him not practicing, with him not playing in the preseason, I don't think he gets the full snap share week one. I think we're going to try to move him in slowly. And I think the same way with Gregory. So Armstrong and Anai are going to play some pretty significant snaps. Yeah, They're going to have to do well with him. Yeah, and I, and I don't – as, as – as important it is for them to get off the ball and create some pressure, you know, the the Carlos Watkins and the Brent Urbans and Osas and Bohannas, they got to get a push up the middle. Well, that's how you – if you look at the Giants, one way that they – I know I go back to that, but you're, you're talking about big-time losses. One thing that they did is, remember, they used to move Justin Tuck inside. Yeah. And yeah. Justin Tuck would rush from the three technique, and you'd have OCU Manure outside, you'd have Michael Strahan outside, and you'd have Tuck rushing up the middle. Justin Tuck probably should have been Super Bowl MVP that year. Yeah. I think he had, yeah. like, two sacks in that game alone as a part-time player. Well, what I'm saying is, like, it's not going to be just Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence to get the job done. The the middle has to push. Well, yeah, because if you can't get any push up the middle, Brady is the best ever yeah. maneuver in the pocket. Ever. I mean, yeah. he's not athletic at all, but his the way he maneuvers the pocket is the best anyone's ever seen. So you've got to get pressure from the middle and on the outside. You've got to collapse the pocket against him. And he has – Three very capable receivers, uh, and two of them are really, really, really good route runners that can uh, make it easier for him to dink and dunk it down the field. And, and, and the whole defensive line, is it, they're going to have to show up with their A game. <clears throat> and the reason why I started off with them is because I, I believe that's the biggest key of the game. If all else fails – if the defensive line can get 
the push that they need, we can stay in the game. Now that jumps onto the other side of the ball. With, like you just said, Sue coming back and Martin gone, that's going to be – you're already talking about sliding your protections to help. So that's one limitation to your offense that you're already facing. So you got to execute when you do that. And, And to me, it leads with the run. If you can get the run going early, which you just said it a minute ago, how hard that's going to be. But if you can get the run going early, and we're not talking, you know, six yards of carry, seven yards of carry, you know, even if it's three and a half, four yards of carry, that's well, just It's got to be four, four and a half. Well, I'm just saying that's just enough to make them respect the run. And obviously that'll help with the pass game. But it's all going to depend on the front on the front line. I yeah, mean, it's, it's – I agree, and, and it's to me that's 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 the second key, and like I said from the get go, the trenches, the defensive line, and our offensive line, first and second key of winning the game. And I'm going to tell you what a great play that you'd love to see early is like a screen pass to a Zeke and a Pollard. Now I'm going to counter argue myself here. You can argue that the best two middle linebackers, that the best middle linebacking core in the NFL is Levante David and Devin White. For me, there's no better middle linebacker in the NFL than Devin White, period. I agree. So, if you can – but what makes them so great is the fact that they can both cover and the fact they can both rush the passer. If you can get a screen playoff early to Zeke, to Tony Pollard, out the backfield – and make that linebacking core just Slow take down the, just a little bit exactly because in the NFL that's all it is. Yeah. It's it's a game of inches. It's a game of centimeters. It's a game of milliseconds. If you can slow them down just a little early, but the problem is, is if on first down you run it, boom, negative three yards. Somebody blows it up in the backfield. Then you get cute and try the screen pass, and it gains two yards. All of a sudden, their linebackers are just reading everything really well. You want us to get off a big one where their linebackers may make a mistake or they rush in and they should have dropped out. And then all of a sudden, you you can neutralize that position. Now, that's easier said than done. Like I said, David and and Devin White are are two of the best in the business. And and I think Devin White is the best. And I, I think Levante David is much closer, like if you say top 20, He's closer to one than I think he is to 20. I mean, he's he's one of the best. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think a big play early, you know, screen play, just like you said, uh, I think that would be huge for our offense going forward. Um, but like you said, if that backfires, it's kind of it's, – it's yeah, I mean, if it backfires – now, I'm not saying one play is going to decide the game, oh, for sure. obviously. But if you try for that big that big gain and it fails, and now you're looking at uh, second and 13 as opposed to first and 10, whatever, however, you know, however big the game was. Uh, now they're firing off the ball. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, that's it's one of those things, like, if you hit, it's great. If not, then... The problem is, like you said, there's so many things working against us. No Zach Martin being on the road, going up against the defending Super Bowl champions. You've got to play the momentum game early. Let If we get the ball first, and then... Um, if they get the ball first, and they kick to... If they... I'm sorry, if we receive the ball first, and they kick to us... If we go three and out and then they score, man, the momentum, you can't have a bigger swing on momentum on the road than that because the crowd's pumped up because the defense is coming and shut us down and we're supposed to have this prolific offense. And then their offense marches right down the field. There can't be a better start. So even if we receive the ball first, let's say we get two first downs, and let's say we get to the 50-yard line, we stall out, punt, pin them deep. Even if we can do the same thing to them – and vice versa, you know, they get a couple firsts and then they ultimately have to pump back to us. That's a win for us. Oh, yeah. No because question. you're you're keeping the crowd out of the game as much as you can. 
when you have that big momentum swing, early three and out for us, early touchdown from them, you're just pinning yourself up against the wall, and that's not where you want to be against the defending well, Super Bowl champs because this is a veteran team. This is a team that knows how to handle their business. They know what needs to be done. They, they've they been in every situation together. And I understand that, that the team hasn't been together forever, but when, you, when you've got a Tom Brady, when you've got a Rob Gronkowski, when you've got a Bruce Arians coaching up the team, they've been there, done that, seen it. And then all the other players just gravitate to them and follow their lead. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, it's – yeah, that would be a killer from – to the fullest. I mean, a three and out and then put them – let them score on the road. That's just – yeah, 100%. Uh, I think, you know, you was talking about – uh, you know, that one big play with the screen just to kind of slow the, run, the linebackers down a little bit. But I wanted to go back to the running game and how important I think the running game will be for this game. If you can get Zeke rolling and it's important to get Zeke rolling because then you've got these long sustain, sustained drives, which is – a great defense to keep Tom Brady on the sideline. So if we can get that going, I think that's going to be huge in our efforts to win this game. Not like I said, it's going to keep Brady on the sideline, and it gets you in a good rhythm. It gets the momentum on your side, and then you're playing the slow tempo because our defense. We don't know what we have in our defense. And truth be told, I don't think our defense holds up. So, with that being said, long, sustainable drives can be a big key to victory for us. Seth, do you remember the year where we went four and four or five and three at home and we went eight and zero oh on the road? That was uh, Dak and Zeke's freshman or rookie year, correct? Yes. Yes. So Do you know why we went eight and zero on the road? Because we were so good running the ball. Thank you. So I agree with one hundred percent to the T everything that you just said. And while you were talking about it, it's the first thing I remembered was the year we went eight and zero on the road, and and we were either four and four, we were five and three. We would – I remember constantly it was 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-play drives that soaked up 10, 11, 12 minutes because we were so good at running the ball and we were so good at, at moving the chains. That, that I agree with you. That's the recipe to, to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tomorrow night. I know we have CeeDee Lamb. I know we have Amari Cooper. I know we have Michael Gallup. They're all really good, 100%. Pick your shots with them, but do we really want to get into a shootout with Tom Brady, our defense versus theirs? No. I think we slow – the the best chance to win is to slow that game down and bring it back to a few years ago when, when we just dominated the trenches and, and we won by running the ball really, really successfully and, and Dak made the plays when he needed to. I believe Zeke won the rushing crown that year. I know he's won the rushing title twice. Yeah, I think it was his rookie year and the following year, I think. No, the fo- the year after that cuz the following year it was the six game suspension. Yeah. So I believe uh, it was I believe it was his rookie year, like you said the suspension was the next year and then it was the year after that that he won the rushing title. Yeah. I, I don't want it to sound like we're downing our defense, but the fact that our defense was Bottom historically three, bad last like year. Like bottom three in the league last year. And now expected him to be a top three in a single year's time with a lot of new faces. It just ain't going to happen. Well, we're going so. against a team that has a projected top five offense and a projected top five defense. We, we know that our defense isn't going to stack up as well with their offense. We know we don't want to get into a shootout with them, even with Dak at, at, at the quarterback position, even Dak at the helm. So what do we talk about? We talk about running the ball, keeping the offense on the field, and even more so, 
It's it's not just about it. It tires out their defense. The longer you sit Brady on the sideline, the longer you sit those guys on the sideline, you hope that they get – Keeps them out of the rhythm. Exactly. And then you hope that it keeps our defense fresh. So then when they do have to come on and make plays, maybe that rust factor from their offense and the fact that our defense – if we do a 10-12 play drive and then score a touchdown, obviously our defense is excited because we just scored a touchdown. They're fresh. They're rejuvenated. You hope that that offense is rusty. Maybe you come in. The one thing about Brady, Brady's always been fantastic down in distance. He he's always stays ahead of the chains. If you come out and, and they've been sitting for a while, and let's say you get that sack on first down and it's second and 17, Yes, that offense can pick up yards in a hurry, but you'd much rather it be second and seventeen than it be second and three. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I wanted to ask you a question, and say we do everything that we just said. We get the ball, we drive down the field, we score a touchdown, and that's another thing that I wanted to point out. We have to score touchdowns. We cannot put field goals yeah, on the I board. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, we go down. We A nice 12, 13-yard drive. Score a touchdown. Kick the ball back off Tampa Bay. Four plays. They score. That's a momentum I, loss for us. Exactly. That And that is another thing that's very important for the defense to be able to answer the offense. If the defense can't answer the offense, to expect the offense to do 12 and 13 play drives all night long is asking a lot. Uh, oh, no way. No so, way. Because, because eventually our offense would get – the offensive line would just get tired. Well, it's and just they, not and tired. They just, and, and you also lose uh, your – what do you I want to call it? Your – Motivation, your competitive edge, uh, just because, like, I'm doing all this for this to happen yeah. in less time, in half the time. So, like, that, that's another thing that's going to be huge, This, too, this so. is going to be one of those games where we talk about those old school games where Zeke got 25, 26, 27, 28 touches. I think if you can build a stat box to, to signify that we won, I think the first thing you need to see is zero turnovers on offense. And then number two needs to be 25-plus touches for Zeke. doesn't matter if they're in the air, if they're on the ground. If Zeke's touching the ball a lot, that, that means the game's competitive or we're ahead. Exactly. If it's, if it's 47 passes from Dak and it's 12 rushes from Zeke, don't even check the box score, we lost. We've been chasing the whole game. Yeah. We've lost. Yeah, I can guarantee you, if it's forty-seven and twelve, I don't even need no score. It's an L for us. Dallas is zero and one. Yeah, I mean the one thing I will say for the defense because we've talked a lot about the offense today, and it's one of the things you said. You've got to limit the big plays. Chris Godwin can take one. He can catch one seven yards and take it, turn it into ninety. Mike Evans can beat a corner deep for ninety. Antonio Brown can get open on a dime. You, you've got to limit the big plays. So, for the offense, you know, we need to be efficient. We need to be ahead of the chains. Uh, yeah, no turnovers, that. no penalties on, on defense. You've got to make Tampa Bay work for their touchdowns. You've, yes, Brady orchestrates the 12-play drives better than anyone. Fine. He's got to do it. You've got to make them work for him. Yeah, and then on top of that, you need to stop Gronk, too. And I understand Gronk is not who he was five years ago. But Gronk came on pretty strong last year, uh, towards the end of the year. You could tell at the beginning of the year he took a year off. But you had Gronk into Godwin Evans and Antonio Brown. and oh, It's a tough offense to stop. So, I mean, it's, And, I mean, in, in the running back core, I mean, I understand it's running back by committee, whereas we just have Zeke. They both did it well together last year, though. Who? Rojo and Fournette. They oh, yeah, both did it I, yeah, well I, together. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then they added Giovanni Bernard. They yeah. added a pass catcher running back, and he is a he is the best pass catcher of the bunch. Yeah. I think that Leonard Fournette is the best combination of both, and I still think the best pure runner on the ground in that offense is Rojo. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm still I, – I 
when Rojo went down and got hurt, he was like top eight in the NFL in rushing yards. Now, I understand he had that one big 99-yard run. He still had to get all the other yards. Yeah. I mean, th- there's still a-, a lot of juice in that backfield that we haven't talked about. And it- that's why I say it's going to be hard to ask too much of the defense because it means a lot of weapons to stop. We just need and, defense and, to slow. And, and you know Brady. Brady's got no problem throwing to Mike Evans on the first play, then Antonio Brown – then check it down to Giovanni Bernard. Then then throw it to Gronk. He's going to throw to who's open, man. There's That's you, the thing. you can be the biggest diva in the world and come up to him. Hey, I need the ball. Hey, I need the ball. And he's going to say, "Get open." That's, when you're open, I'll throw you the ball. That's the thing. Like they could do a twelve or thirteen play drive and score a touchdown. And at the end of the drive, no player on the team had more than two receptions. Yep. Like that's how that's how dangerous their offense is. So like, but you still but the way we win is to minimize the big play. You you can't yeah. give up the big ones to Godwin. You can't give up the big ones to Mike Evans. You can't give up the big ones to Antonio Brown. You can't let Rojo bust off a ninety yard touchdown run. The, the keys to this game is going to be penalties, turnover, and man, momentum's just going to be so big. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I feel like we've covered it all. As far as you know, what our biggest keys? I think we we both agree that the trenches is going to be huge and the run game for us. And you got to start early. You got to start early. And the defense just has to slow, basically. So, uh, I'm a cowboy fan. I'm 100% cowboy fan. Been that way since birth. But I'm also a realist too. Uh, I don't like our chances going into the game tomorrow. I don't. Vegas has us. I think last time I checked the line was seven and a half. But the Saints were undefeated 2014, and we came in and we beat them. Um, and nobody said we could do it. So now, things can't happen. There's, We've got enough talent to contend with them for sure. Well, I would feel, I would feel better about this game, like I said, week four. Three week four, yeah. But being week one on the road because even like Diggs is going to shut down. The thing is, with most teams, Diggs will probably play the number one wide receiver. I think today this this game we probably stick him on a side because there's number one wide receivers all over the field. So this game is going to be a huge game for Nation Wright. It's going to be a huge game for Kelvin Joseph, and it's going to be a huge game for Jordan Lewis to try to limit whoever Diggs isn't lined up against. You're asking two rookies and a player that that hasn't grown much since his rookie year to shut down one of the dominant receiving cores in the NFL. Yeah. So I I think that that's going to be – and that's one of the reasons why we talk about the big play. You you talk about a nation right getting turned around or or jumping on that double move or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's a touchdown or, 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 you know, Diggs was susceptible to some of that last year. You – like you said, I think that we're going to be more equipped to go against them in week five, week six, than we're going to be week one. And, and I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tough one for us to win. But if you keep it close and you – I know there are no moral victories. I understand that. You know, it, it's a win or it's a loss in the column. But you want to walk away from this game with a lot more positive than a lot more negative. Man, we walk in and get blown out, and it's 31-14. You know, whereas if we go in and we lose, let's say, 31-27, then you say, okay, well. it's a lot of positives in that. There, there's probably going to be some positives in that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you so you hit Brady a couple times. Maybe you pick him off once. The running game is, is moving the ball. You're, you're able to pass the ball. And maybe just our offense, our defense just couldn't quite keep up or something like that. You can probably still walk away and say, look, we're really young on defense. But Dig stuck in there. Wright stuck in there. Joseph stuck in there. Kazee, you know, who this is first year, not in the defense, but with Dallas. Yeah. You know, those are positives that we can walk away from if we can keep it close and as long as we can stay competitive against the defending Super Bowl champs. You know, the matchup that I'm uh... – 
looking forward to the most is Neil and Gronk. I'm really looking forward to that matchup because Neil has shown time and time again that he is uh, really effective when covering tight ends. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup and see how well that goes. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a couple guys having some big games, individual and defense, and just shutting their player down and – because you can't shut down everyone in this offense. So so you at least want to make things tough for Brady. And if you can take away a Gronk, you can make life a little bit difficult for him. You take away a big red zone threat. You take away a guy he's going to be looking for on third down. So I agree with that 100%. Um, I think with that said, like you said, I think we've covered the game. We've covered offense. We've covered defense. We think we've definitely covered – and I understand it, it's been a simple breakdown – but against a, a Tom Brady driven team, that's what that's what it takes. Yeah. You know, you've got to be efficient on offense. You can't turn the ball over. All the things that we've been talking about for the last, you know, ten, fifteen minutes, th- that's what it takes to beat a team like this. And and I think more than anything, man, I'm just excited to have football back. Yeah. You know, I it's am it's, too. it's um and there, there the are gonna fans be fans back. I was that's just about to say there's gonna be fans in the stand and, and even though we're on the road, it's just we travel pretty well. There are definitely going to be some Dallas Cowboy fans well, they in, actually, in the stand. Bruce Arians did. They they had some half and half practices with noise because he stated that Cowboy fans travel really well. Yeah, so. us, us Steelers, um, the Raiders usually travel pretty well. And I'm, you know, there's no point in breaking them all down, but yeah. you know, we travel well, so it's, it's going to be I mean, a lot of Cowboys fans and and the same. And it's just. Fans in the stands in general, doesn't matter who the team is. Man, there's just that different energy. And even the players have said it. You oh, know, yeah. They, they, they've said, you know, this offseason, practicing in front of fans again, and when you make a highlight catch in the end zone or whatever, you make a big interception on the quarterback. It, it's, well, the opposing, it's, it's that reaction to it is what drives you and what feeds that energy. The opposing team feeds off of it, too. Because just imagine you got – Tampa Bay fans screaming at the top of their lungs, and then you stop them, and they then get they the get ball quiet. back, and then we score. All of a sudden, they're quiet. Yeah, defense feeds off of that mm-hmm. because, I mean, yeah, I mean it's a great feeling. Like you didn't, you didn't shut the, everybody down, not just the offense, but the whole stadium. Yeah, I, I so. agree one hundred percent. And um, so we'll see week one, and we'll be back to to review and and go into week two next week and. Yeah, now uh, we're going to start doing weekly shows for every week. So, then in the off season, we were little. The off couple season, weeks. the off season is just—it's hard. You know, we we don't live in Texas, and so we we don't get we go through like beat writers for yeah. what for what teams are talking about and, and the positives and negatives, and we go with what we see and preseason games and this and that. But ultimately, we don't have as much content to talk about in the offseason. That's one of the reasons why we try to be so consistent during the week. And one reason why we try to go so in-depth when we actually do get to record is, you know, it's just it's unfortunate that, that we can't go to practices and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm with you 100%. We'll be back to recording weekly. And um, we hope to keep building on this this thing and, and – we're just going to keep continuing to ask if you like what you hear, you know, if you can leave a review, a rating, what you like, what you don't like, what we waste too much time on, what we don't talk enough about. That That's that's how we make this thing better, and that's how we continue to grow. And also, just tell them one friend. You know, if you can tell one friend when you're talking about the Cowboys, hey, man, you know, I listen to this podcast, and just letting us know, letting them know where they can find us. I mean, we're on every – Everywhere that you can uh, listen to podcasts, that's where we're at. So, Seth, with that, why don't you give us your social media account? It's uh, at SethRob85. I'm at underscore Bo615. We still have the Twitter page that's at BackRowCowboys. And, and then what's been our bread and butter and the best thing we've got going is our Facebook page. It's the Back Row Cowboys Facebook page. And, and Seth's constantly dropping stuff on that. And... um injury reports what what they're seeing in practice and what beat writers are saying about what they see in practice and what coaches are saying after practice that's constantly uploading that stuff and we're getting some comments here and there and, and we're creating some discussion and that's how we continue to build this thing 
is to build off of that and to continue to build up the the viewership of the show and um a lot of that's owed to you guys so we just want to thank you for for the support and being here for us when episodes come out and um with that you know ready for week one let's go cowboys let's go in let's get this w let's get this upset and let's start strong this year let's Last year, it, it took a while to go and get that first win. Let's go and and, and shock, the, shock world the world and get one week one. And with that, have a great night. And as always, go Cowboys.